Welcome to the Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams. The heart behind Kindled is to help moms use their gifts for God's glory and their good. We'll chat with real women who are learning how to do this very thing as they navigate motherhood, work, and the grace we need for both. This heart-to-heart is always had over a cup of coffee and usually paired with a business pep talk. We hope you'll find practical advice and the encouragement you need to work well and live more. Hey guys, welcome to episode 25 of Kindled. Today I am talking with Amber Pert of the Wellspring Crew. The mission of the Wellspring Crew is to inform and inspire the next generation of leaders. Now, before I tell you a little more about Amber and the mission of her company, I have to say, you all know I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a serial entrepreneur. It's in my bones. It's in my blood. But more than that, I was actually raised in a very entrepreneurial environment. And it isn't just like I was born to someone who owned a business. I was taught how to think like an entrepreneur from a very young age. My parents had conversations with me when I was six, seven, eight, and nine that I can still remember that they would ask me things like, what could you do? What are you good at that you could serve other people? What would somebody need your help with? And that you would be really good at it and you would love to do for work. So I had these types of questions and and thoughts running through my brain at a young age. And I completely credit my bent towards entrepreneurial pursuits to a lot of that, those conversations that I had at such a young age. So I still remember that. And since I launched this podcast on work and motherhood, I have wanted to do an episode on how we can inspire our children to be leaders. And it doesn't necessarily mean entrepreneurs, but how how we can raise them to think more independently and think about themselves independently of just having a job, but what can they do where they could be a leader? And so when Amber Pert reached out to me about her new book series, The Navigator Series, it could not have been a more perfect opportunity to bring this topic to the forefront. So what The Navigator Series is, is is stories of real leaders. Now, you guys, I have to be honest. Half the time I was talking to Amber, I thought that the books were just stories about leaders, but they're actually the stories of real life leaders who run real life businesses, and they're the real stories of them for written for kids. So I was excited to have Amber on to talk about this series and how she's raising her kids to think independently and think um, leading them to, to be raised as leaders. But I was even more excited when I I realized that these books are actually going to teach kids about real life people who have had real life setbacks and difficulties. And I'm just really excited to share this interview with you because it's a topic that's really close to my heart. And I've wanted to talk about this for such a long time. So we're doing it today. But without further ado, here is my conversation with Amber Pert. Well, Amber, thank you so much for coming on Kindle today to talk to us. Would you tell everybody what you do and just a little bit about yourself, who you are? Sure, sure. I'd love to. Thanks for having me. Um, to start off, I am a mom who works. And that's kind of how I like to preface my my professional life is that that is the most important part of who I am is that um, I have three little people. And outside of being their mom, I had a new project placed on my heart, and I am writing a book series called The Navigator Series, and it's designed for young readers between 9 and 13. That is essentially um, sparking an interest in entrepreneurship and leadership, sharing real-life stories of leaders um, in all different industries with all different stories. That's so neat. So what like got you into this? And you said you had a project placed on your heart. Like, where, where did that come from? 
So I've heard people say that before, and this was the first time I completely had that experience. I have been working as a finance manager for the last few years, and I handle accounting, which I love greatly. Um, I've enjoyed it. Um, didn't want, wasn't looking for a change. Um, last summer, my oldest son, who was seven at the time, he has always had an interest to be the boss. And I use that in quotations because he just thinks that everyone just wakes up as a professional as a boss and doesn't quite understand that it takes a whole uh, path to get to the leadership role. So um, after kind of talking through him about that process, he clearly didn't quite get it. And I was looking for books on like business leaders for kids. Mm -hmm. And I found a lot of the books that we already have. It's about how to build a business, whether it's a lemonade stand or, you know, babysitting or lawn care. Those are great. And I love those, but I wanted something that actually shared stories of leaders. Um, I couldn't find anything. So it was just like a boom feeling almost. I'm like, I have to write this. And this is out of my expertise. I am not a trained or experienced writer. I have never worked in that field before, but I felt this incredibly strong mission to pursue for other kids to see the leadership path that real life leaders go through. That's so awesome. This is a particularly meaningful, I think, topic to me because I grew up as a kid with um, a parent that was an entrepreneur. And so that was kind of all I knew. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I saw what it took from behind the scenes to build a business. And we we did not come from money. Mm-hmm. But from there, like he built a multi-million dollar business that's extremely successful. And so I'm so proud of the work that I saw him do, even though I know there's a lot of sacrifice involved and I'm, he didn't do it perfectly. None of us do. But, you know, I think this topic has been on my heart for a long time because of my growing up that way and seeing that I think I just was raised very intentionally to, to be taught to think like a business owner, think like, right. think like an entrepreneur, which is, I think the most important thing. And that's why I love what you're doing with the books, because it's not about the how to, it's like the why it's more about like, it seems that you're going to be really teaching kids how to think more strategically and understand like what that character had to go through or what their journey looked like. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. I saw some, I wish I could remember like the, the quotation exactly, but there's so much to be gained as a child of business owners and entrepreneurs that I think kind of feeds onto their stories as an adult. And just like yours, like I, I, my parents were business owners as well. And it was very much impressioned on me of what that path looked like. There were challenges, there were sacrifices. There were times that we had to work on vacation for a little bit, Mm -hmm. but the long-term path that I feel is that I knew that I wanted to um, create that on my own of what that might look like. And certainly not easy by any means, but I think that it's, it's an amazing gift to have that ability, but kind of to backtrack a little bit. I also want to make it kind of an important message that I don't feel like every child is, you know, designed to be a business owner, a small entrepreneur, if leader. I think that kids are all designed for unique needs in our world. Um, but I think that through these stories, there can be many takeaways that will impact those children that don't have that in them, that passion, that desire, that future. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to kind of make sure that conversations around this topic don't impression kids to feel like, if I don't do this, then I'm not to be a, you know, an employee is, is not a, um, 
a secondary calling. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And totally. I mean, like that world doesn't work. If everybody owns a business, then who works in the businesses? Who's the employees? Who are the people, the operations people or the people Mm -hmm. on the ground who, Mm -hmm. you know, carry out the vision of, you know, the founder or the CEO or whatever. And so I totally 100% agree. And my husband is not an entrepreneur type at all. He, uh-huh. right. I, for, for the first few years of our marriage, I actually didn't get it. Cause I was like, he actually does have a business on the side where he builds furniture and, and sells like headboards on Etsy and oh, ships cool. them all over the country. But that's not like his nine to five. His nine to five is he's in human resources and works with people. And so I like never, I didn't ever understand for the first three years of our marriage, three or four years, like why he didn't want it to be a full-time thing. I was like, I don't get it. You have this skill. You could do this. I can help you with the digital side and the marketing and the web and all that. But do, do you really want this? And he was like, I don't know. And, and he never really felt that strong sense of like sure. urgency to really create it bigger. He was like, I kind of just like working with my like hands. It. Yeah. I like yeah. having it as a having hobby. An outlet. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like to use my skill to help people to make money, to fund the hobby and, and buy stuff for my motorcycle. You know, yeah. that's like all he wanted to do. And I was like, okay. Like if, and it took me a long time to, to really realize it's that truth of what you're saying that not everybody is cut out for that. And that's not a bad thing. And it's not a worse calling to work for an employer or to go to an hourly job or a salary job. Like there's nothing shameful or less than about that calling at all. So I think it's very important. And I'm really glad you brought that up that at the outset of this episode, especially that we don't like glamorize or glorify entrepreneurial spirit or like that that's God or something like this. Totally. We don't worship that. But when you see that in a child or, you know, you know, okay, there's a chance that growing up, like my kid is going to see this in my life. Mm -hmm. How do I actually help them learn something from what is going on Mm -hmm. in their experience? And and maybe it's not that they run a business. Maybe it's that they learn about leadership and sacrifice. You know, there's other lessons. So how, how do your books do that? Sure. So a kind of the foundation of my interviews I've had with the uh, first first set of series of books I've had interviews with, our conversations are centered around um, a program that's actually based here in Florida. It's called Seven Mindsets. And it's, it's amazing. It's basically teaching kids that they are responsible for their success and happiness. And it's around seven ideas that just, they're just, they're beautiful. Everything is possible. Passion first. We are connected, 100% accountable. Attitude of gratitude, live to give, and the time is now. So all of our conversations with these leaders have been centered around those seven ideas. And I, I'm strategically wanting to show young readers that, you know, these are great for children to understand these ideas, but leaders have had to walk through all of these ideas as well, whether it's an experience of when they were younger and going through school, early professional life, or where they are now, that there's a path that we all have to take. And there's good experiences, there's amazing accomplishments, but there's challenges there's mistakes, there's failures and losses. So it all creates these beautiful stories that they're just full of, um, you know, inspiration basically. Yeah. Okay. Would you go through those seven again and kind of just like unpack them a little bit? I mean, you don't have to spend forever, but I would love to hear Mm -hmm. what those are that, cause I, I, I think they'll resonate with me and other people as well. They're, they're amazing. So the seven mindsets are everything is possible. And in this idea, um, well, in our, in each of our books, we're really at the end of the book, we pull out 
two examples from every leader that shows that mindset. So everything that's possible is talking about using your passions, your talents, what you're designed for. It doesn't mean that everyone can fly or, you know, do incredible things or out of the human scale, but there's a, um, we're designed to pursue something. Um, Passion first is using that passion and really harnessing what you're designed for and using that towards something. We are connected. Really important topic that I love to talk about with our leaders is that relationships, mentors, family, friends, all the relationships that are around us impact our life. And if we take those relationships and really see how they're benefiting and what we're learning from people around us, and then also in the long term, turning that around and mentoring other people, making sure that we're giving back what we've learned. 100% accountable um, is the idea of things are going to happen, but you take responsibility for it. So rather than blaming and you know making excuses, you need to be accountable for what um, what's going on. Attitude of gratitude, simply having an, <laughs> this is probably one I say most to my kids is, Appreciate what you have. You know, that is such an important thing that I think I need to be reminded of and kids as well. Um, live to give the idea of service and serving others. It looks differently for kids and adults and leaders, but um, so many of our leaders, so many conversations around how they have either created foundations, created service projects, what they're doing in their business to making to make sure that they're giving back to others around them. And uh, the last one is called the time is now. And it's the idea of understanding that why put off something that you could do? Why put off something for tomorrow that you can do now? So having goals and knowing how to accomplish them and making like stepping stones to how to accomplish your goals and not putting it off until later. Those are so helpful and so applicable. And I feel like there are even things that I am constantly talking to people about who are in my uh, business coaching course right now. Um, these female entrepreneurs I've talked about start before you're ready, which is goes along with that. The time is now. Like you're stop waiting for the perfect situation or the perfect storm. Like that doesn't exist. This idea that there will be an easier time or way. I mean, of course, maybe when you're like have a newborn child at home, that might not be ideal, but. Yeah, that that idea is those are all very applicable. So I love those. Is it like each book has all of those lessons or is each book dedicated to one of them? So each each book has five leaders and um, the first three books have a variety of industries that are covered, whether it's a salon owner or a jewelry store owner or just a variety. The first three are the kind of a variety and then each each leader has a chapter that's their story. And then at the end, we unpack the seven mindsets and show two examples of how a leader displayed that seven mindset. Mm. And then our fourth book, um, I'm really excited. That'll be out probably around December. The fourth book is a little bit more unique and it's focusing on women in STEM. So I've had five interviews for um, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and then a, a unique entrepreneur in STEM. Um, but it's all women and their stories. And I think that's a little bit of a unique twist that I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to put that one together. All right, guys, I'm sorry to interrupt this awesome episode, but I just have one quick word to say. Podcasts are so fun, right? It's free content in your earbuds anytime you want to listen to on any topic you want to listen to. I, I hope that this show is encouraging, informative, and something that you look forward to listening to each week. 
If it is, can I ask you to go to the podcast app on your phone and leave a review? It can be just a few stars. It can be five stars. And if you're feeling really generous, you can even leave some words of encouragement or how a specific episode or story has impacted you. What has it meant to you? Has someone's words hit you at just the right time where you truly felt like God had those words for you that day and that moment? I spend hours each week to create this show and I love doing it. It's something that I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about the content and about you guys. It's for you, the listeners. So it's so encouraging to me and honestly means so much to know that you're listening to the episodes and you're enjoying them. And I'd love to know how you're feeling about it. I'd also love to know if you have anyone that you want to come on the show that would mean a lot to you to hear their story on Kindled regarding work, motherhood, and the grace we need for both. I obviously can't promise that everyone that gets submitted will be on the show, but if you do have a recommendation, I have a form on my website that is a booking form where you can go on and submit this person to be on the show, or you can connect with me on Instagram and just message me there and I'll check those messages out. So that's all I have for you today. Please leave a review and let me know if you have any recommended guests that you want to hear from on Kindled. Okay. Thanks for letting me interrupt. And now back to my interview with Amber. So where are you getting the stories for the books from? All over the place. The first book features five leaders from Atlanta, and um, they are from businesses that I personally, like I knew from the get-go that I wanted to feature their, their business. I didn't know their story. So, you know, that was a um, little nervous at first because I never know what I'm going to get, but these businesses just really uh, have stood out to me for a long time. The other books feature leaders from all over, Texas, Michigan, New York. Australia. So I've just found them all different ways, like through connections, looking for a business industry for, you know, just yeah. cool. That is so neat. Mm-hmm. I, I did not realize that they were actually real stories. Yeah. Yeah. They're not like you just, they're not fiction. It's no! <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's so, so they're cool. real life stories. Yes. Yeah. That's so cool. I know you talked about your own personal experience growing up, uh, the child of an entrepreneur, like what was your experience as a kid and, and what, like, what was your impression? Like, what did you kind of come into adulthood thinking? Like, did you have it a a good understanding of what that looked like? You said you wanted that for yourself. Like, what did that process look like? Sure. So I think, you know, it's super interesting as I kind of like look through the story and interest that I've had from the beginning of my memory. And I, I always knew from the beginning that I wanted to own my business just like my dad. Like I loved going to his office and seeing his workers and they're all working together for something that he started and his heart was in it. So I saw good hard work. I saw challenges. I saw financial challenges. And I think that impacted me in a deep way to to pursue a career in finance. Um, I've always loved numbers. That was that was pretty early on. I think that I also noticed skills of always playing office as well. You know, I didn't play teacher. I didn't play other kind of... I just always remember playing office and mm-hmm. having like my desk set up with people wanting to like buy things from me. And um, it's, it's always interesting to think of how things kind of were showing themselves. And now I'm realizing this all makes sense. And I've always yeah. loved stories. Um, I've always been drawn to biographies and stories of people, even the TV shows I watch now are essentially reality shows because I love knowing, learning about people and how they live their lives. So um, I think that's kind of all things that have come together to make this a perfect storm of interest for me and hopefully for readers out there too. Yeah, that's really cool. But I love that your books are teaching 
a lot more than just how to be successful or, you know, turn a profit or it's, it's about these character things, which are way more important than any of the rest. Totally. Yeah, totally. You, you saw the hole in the marketplace. Do mm-hmm. you see a need culturally for us at this time? Do you see like a hole there or what, what does that feel like to you? Like what, what, what purpose are these serving in that, in that sense? I think maybe it's personally kind of an intersection of professionally what I'm desiring to do and how as a parent, I'm wanting to have those combined, but something that's really impressed upon me and through like lessons at our church that we're really wanting to raise our next leaders who we're equipping them with skills to lead, to lead well, lead with integrity. And really like the entitlement factor is kind of a big thing right now. And I'm wanting to make sure that my kids understand completely that if you want something, you have to earn it. So a big thing with us is, oh, I want this. I want this. Okay, well, let's find a way how you can earn it. Like Mm -hmm. what what kind of extra chores can you do to get that? Because I'm not going to buy that for you. Um, And that's also kind of why I'm doing the book is that I'm really... I'm not a parent that buys much of anything for my kids, but I do buy them books. I have a tremendous, like I am a sucker for a nice new book and um, I, I love those. So that's something that I, I will spend, you know, the funds on for them. But, um, but as far as toys and those extras, I just don't, I just, I don't. And I feel like they're at the age um, where they're old enough to see mm-hmm. if they want something, they have to start earning it. And I think that goes back to my parents. Like that's how they everything that we wanted, we had to either earn it or halfway, halfway meet in the middle. Yeah. How old are your kids? My kids are um, currently, they are six, seven, and eight. Okay. Yeah. So I I was going to ask, what age do you think that money starts to matter to a kid? Like when do you, at what age do they get that like money has value? Cause I, I'm trying that kind of thing with my three and a half year old and you know, she gets excited about the idea, but then when it comes time to actually clean up the living room, she's like, eh, I don't want it anymore. You know? I think, yeah. Yeah. I think it's so individual. And also I find humor and how God has designed all three of my children to be very, very different people. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my kids, if he earns a dollar, he immediately wants to go to Target and go to the dollar spot. Uh. And I was, First of all, the dollar spot has turned into a three to five dollar spot. Yes, so that that's so true. That's not going to get you anything, honey. <laughs> but um, so one one of my sons, he wants to spend money immediately. Um, my daughter's not really like that's not her currency. Her currency is time with friends and being social with everyone and going to parties. And it's not money doesn't really speak to her yet when she wants to start buying. Um, makeup or jewelry, I'm sure it'll be a little bit bigger deal to her now, but that's not her thing. And then my oldest, who wants to be the the boss, he um, probably will, he's a little bit of the um, hoarder of his funds. So having him part on that, knowing that, okay, this is, um, VBS is having a fund where they're asking the kids to bring him money. I, this is not, this is not mommy's money. Let's look at what you have and what you can share to the VBS. So. Yeah, that's really cool. So how do you think we can avoid raising that, those entitled kids just with as blessed as we are in America, like raising kids that are used to having the newest toys? How can I avoid that? Sure. So there's a couple of things that I kind of think um, related to this. Um, it's the responsibility of knowing kind of against the point of like, if you want something, you be responsible for earning that. Um, also a big thing, I think that I... I'm working on instilling in the kids is what we talk about often is giving to others. You know, 
often when we see at our local um, intersection, you know, the homeless person that we're giving funds to and the funds that are requested from extra needs at church or whatever it might be like talking having those conversations about like you have been blessed when we have been blessed with so much we are asked to give and it's reminding them of the spirit of giving because we've been given so much and then also the responsibility um that's something that's super important to me is just making sure that you know our kids understand that they are so lucky and i don't you know i, I feel like i talk about it a lot with them but Hopefully at some point it, it starts to click, but it's just the constant conversations around this idea of generosity and responsibility and that we've been given. So we need to give back. Yeah, that's good. It's not really like a, a shortcut or a silver bullet. It's just the continual having those conversations over and over. And to the point that I feel sometimes like a broken record, like, right. And I think like, she's just going to start to roll her eyes or resent me for saying the same thing over and over. And like, she may, but I still have to tell her the truth, you know, um, when I see those attitudes rise up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think a lot of it has to do with a heart conversation, like making sure your heart's in the right space, in the right place. Um, You know, talking about when a friend has a birthday party. Okay. Like what would your friend like? What, what can we give to them? Not think this has nothing to do with you. Like, it's a hard conversation for little people to understand to really take themselves out of the equation. Yeah. Um, at birthdays and Christmas, I try and bring the girls individually. Like the little one doesn't get it yet, but we did it this Christmas and let them buy a present for each other by themselves. And I mean, I bought it because the little, the two-year-old doesn't understand money, but, and like, you're picking a present for your sister and you're not getting anything yourself and, you know, going to the toy aisle or at Target and walking away and, not having anything you want is like torture for your kids. Yeah. And, and, and it always is coupled with a little bit of, you know, sadness and, Oh, I just wish I could get something. And it's like, no, that's not why we're here. You're here to give and think about what she would like. And, and I think that's, that's a really fun way to see them be empowered and realize that giving is actually more fun than receiving I mean, and, and I think I've seen that in her, you know, just so excited to like see the sister's reaction of like, I got this for you. And it's, it's really sweet. And I think something that comes out a lot in the stories with the leaders in the book is that when we talk about the idea of serving and giving, it is like, for the most part, the biggest source of joy for these leaders is to be in a position where they're able to give and share. Like I think accomplishments professionally are wonderful, but it's so interesting to me that that's, that's an impression that is um, tremendous for a leader to know, like I have the ability to provide to this foundation and to give back and to, to share what's been given to me. So it's a constant theme that I've really enjoyed seeing with our leaders. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you say you were involved locally with uh, a program with kids, Seven Mindsets or no? Oh, so that is a program in Georgia. Um, I live in Georgia and um, they started around here and um, they were so generous to allow me to talk about their program in the books and to really um, share what they've done the research on. Like they did the hard work and I just get to share it. Um, But I Love, I love the program. That's awesome. And it's just local. It's not national. Well, they definitely have, they have national, they have a, pro, they, I think how they do is they connect with schools and yeah. they implement the program into school curriculum through all different ways. So that's as much as I know. Okay. So what other strategies would you suggest to a parent who wants to instill those leadership 
lessons, like obviously like reading these stories and, and drawing lessons from those, but are there any other practical ideas that you've used with your own kids that have started to kind of like expose them to that way of thinking or what, what are you doing in your. So one thing, um, well, I do this with my family, but I also was, was, uh, very intentional in putting it in the book is that every chapter in the book has about three or four, I call them think big questions and it's taking their story and just allowing the, the reader to think about what the, um, leader experienced and how they would handle it, whether it was a challenge or, whatever it might've been, but I, I, um, as a parent, I value my reading time with the kids so much that we're often having conversations about what we just read. Um, we're really into the who is series or who was on um, this story is about the biographies of leaders. And there's, although they don't have the questions, what we're just talking about, you know, what would you have done? Like, what does this make you feel? How would you have handled that? It's just, I think sparking conversations, open-ended conversations of letting the readers and my children just share. Um, I think that, you know, kind of going back to the unique design of, of children is that, you know, between my boys, I have one that definitely wants to be a leader and one, I jokingly say, I hope he graduates high school because he's just designed differently. Like he, you know, they're, they're a completely different makeup, but I, I love sitting with them and just sharing a conversation point where they're expressing what's on their heart and their mind. And I think that is just a valuable tool to know that like, I'm listening to what you're saying. Yeah. So, you know, I can share as much as I want, but I want to know what, what you are really thinking about, about this topic. And like, I think what you said about open-ended questions is so, so important because a lot of what we ask our kids are not open-ended questions or there's like, there's a right and a wrong here. And there is, here's the right answer on the test, which is what school is great for. School is great for teaching you facts and right and wrong in terms of history. And, and even then, sometimes they're really bad at that. But like, I think what that is a piece that's missing that when there isn't a right or wrong answer, when there's a, how would you do this? And uh-huh. how, what would you do? Uh-huh. It's a lot more, um, it requires creativity. It re- requires, you know, open-ended thinking and outside of the box. And it's not a binary yes or no black and white answer. It's, there's a lot of gray area and you could do this a hundred different ways and they would all be right or fine. And I, I love that, that that is, you know, really getting them to think creatively, which I think is a, a huge, huge piece of being an entrepreneur is just having enough creativity to go, is there a better way to do something? Or is there, is there another answer here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's so important because there's, just like you said, there's not a right or wrong answer, but it's everybody sees things differently and also sharing your different ideas and then accepting what others, others say, you know, and the idea of, creating anything and going through experiences, I think it's so important to um, appreciate the opinions and the ideas of other people. Even when my children as siblings don't agree, like it's okay to feel that way or to think that way. Like that's a great idea. You know, one idea is talking about um, one of our leaders is they uh, owns a gourmet donut shop. And so one, one of the little questions was talking about like, if you created a donut flavor, like what would you create? Like think big, like think fun, like be, yeah. be bold in your idea. And everyone has a different idea of what, of what they would do. And I love that. Yeah. Those sound like they'd be great conversations to have around the dinner table or at lunch or, you know, just to actually even expose them to, to like you're saying the different ideas and that it's not wrong. It's different. 
and and expand their own understanding of uh, how to do that. Yeah. One of the things that I think I remember as a kid is having conversations with my dad where he would ask me, you know, what could you do for a business? And first of all, I was like, well, one, what's a business and what am I supposed to do? I don't know. Like, and I think I would, I would give like an answer like, oh, I could open like a pet store. I could do this. And he was like, no, no, no. Like, what are you good at? And he asked me, what skills do you have that somebody needs that somebody else doesn't have? And I would be like, well, I'm organized or, well, I really like cleaning or I really like whatever at the time. And I was probably eight or nine and and he just got me thinking. He was like, so, you know, you could take this skill like you're organized and you could help people organize their closets or you could, you know, just helping me like brainstorm and understand uh-huh. I could do anything. Like I could do a lot of things with those skills or those interests that I had as an eight or nine year old. And that like, I mean, as a 30 year old, I remember that conversation so clearly because it was honestly one of the first times that I ever even realized that that was possible. Like that first, that first mindset, everything is possible. And Uh just realizing like, Oh, like I could do what you're doing. I just have to find what that is for me. And then, you know, recognizing that we all have different skills and abilities and we're all made so differently, but those are, those gifts can be valuable to other people. And so I just love that example because, you know, and my kids are maybe, I've tried to have that conversation actually with my four-year-old and, um, and she, she sort of gets it. Like she really enjoys playing Barbies, of course. And so we've talked about like, so I've taught her how to make Barbie clothes and we've sewed some together. And I was like, do you Uh want to open up your own store and sell your Barbie clothes online? And I was going (laughs) to open like a little Etsy shop for her and like charge like $2 for Barbie clothes. But she was like, yes. Oh my gosh. Oh yes. I will do this. And so we started like making some little separates that you could put on any Barbie, like a ball gown in the top. And, uh, and as soon as it came time to like, okay, let's take a picture to sell it. And she was like, well, I'm going to keep it on my Elsa. Yeah. I was like, oh no, I thought we were, yeah. we're selling it. And she's like, well, no, I will sell a different one. This one's for Elsa. I was like, oh, that's oh, so okay. funny. but it's little steps like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cute. That's okay. I love that. But it, it's so funny that you mentioned that you remember that conversation from when you were a child, like that has stayed with you. And, um, I I'm excited to see what kind of conversations, mm-hmm. you know, as a parent, like kind of what stays with my kids, you know, thinking about different skills and stuff. We, uh, one of the chapters is about a, um, he's a politician in Florida and we're talking about like classroom elections. And the question is like, if you were running for a class election, what would your leadership skills be that could benefit your classroom? Mm-hmm. So thinking like, you know, they went through a campaign experience in your classroom. How would you present yourself as a good leader in your class. So I, I love the, just the questions of, um, that really just kind of create the mind flow. Yeah. For, and self-awareness too. I mean, yeah. for a kid who's like eight or nine to have that kind of self-awareness is really, mm-hmm. is really special because that isn't just, uh, you know, as parents, like, I think that is like one of the biggest gifts we can give them is to really help them understand themselves and learn mm-hmm. how to think about themselves and in the context of the world and other people, but also, also just like, how did God make you? And mm-hmm. what are you, what is like unique and special and nobody else has? Cause there are things and you just have to have to look inward and find what those things are. And, and that is, even as an adult can be yeah. challenging if you've yeah. never done that before. Yeah. Yeah, totally. 
those skills are, are learned early in life, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. probably the, the more you can teach that kind of thinking at that in those early years, the more it will become like part of right. your, you know, ingrained, like understanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think as a parent, um, one thing that's really important to me, I'm in a book club, we're reading it right now, and it's parenting towards personality types. And I think as a parent, you know, our job is to really evaluate our children and to see how we can best train them up the way they're designed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God has a sense of humor. I have three kids that are completely unique. And mm-hmm. it's incredibly challenging to parent towards each different personality type. Yeah. But that's a... I, you know, that's our job is to make sure that we're bringing them up the way they're designed, not necessarily how we feel that they should go. Yeah, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, Amber, how can people connect with you further online? And where should they find these books? And are are you coming out with you said you're coming out with more like how many are you in total Mm -hmm. producing? Uh, for the plan right now, um, there'll be four by the end of this calendar year. Um, I would definitely desire to, to continue the cycle, but right now I have four that'll be out. Um, the first one is already out and it's on Amazon. Okay. And then the second will be out um, beginning of August and then in the fall for the next two. Um, so they're currently on Amazon, also on my website. It is uh, www.wellspringcrew.com. And I'm on Facebook, uh, the Wellspring Crew. Instagram, Amber underscore Wellspring Crew. And um, I think that's it in my social media world. That's awesome. So, and you said the social media, Instagram's best? Social media, Instagram, uh, Instagram and Facebook. I think Instagram, everything's going yeah. over to Facebook from Instagram, but I'm starting at Instagram. So it's Amber underscore Wellspring Crew on Instagram. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we're going to announce too, that we're doing a giveaway of these, or I don't know which one you want to do. Um, I'll, um, I'll send the first one now because I already have that as a physical copy. Okay. Um, but I'll send that one to you. Cool. All right. Awesome. So excited. Thanks. Thank you you so much for coming on and chatting with me. Thanks. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much. I'm excited for people to hear about this and get these books in their hands and start having good conversations with their kids. Totally. Well, thank you. It was a joy. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I hope that conversation was encouraging and practical and you can walk away with tangible um, ideas of how to start having more meaningful, intentional conversations with your kids and that we will be raising a new generation of leaders to come up behind us. And Amber wanted to, uh, me to let you know that they are launching a giving campaign called Give, Read, Lead. They are taking nominations now on their website for classrooms that they're going to be sending the book to. So you can go and actually nominate your own kid's classroom or favorite local school to receive Amber's new books. This is a pretty awesome opportunity. And we're also going to be giving away a book to some readers. So you're going to go hop on Instagram and find the post with the picture of the book and enter to win a couple of actually Amber's books that are one that is already out and one that is launching very shortly. They're available for sale on Amazon and her website. And I hope that you will go and enter to win this book. If you have kids or don't, you probably know a kid who would enjoy it. And it's a perfect way to get them to start really thinking about what they could do to become a leader in their own sphere of life. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, if you want to connect with me further, go find me on Instagram at Kindled Podcast. And you can also find the show notes as well as any links uh, mentioned during the show at kindledpodcast.com. Thanks. And I'll talk to you next week, guys. Bye.